0: connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato. Have Roseanne Murray from Community Waikato having a chat today about governance, which is our bread and butter, really, at Community Waikato.
1: Yeah, kia ora, uh, Holly. Yes, it is. Yeah, we tend to uh, uh, do quite a few sort of either online workshops around governance or um, some one-on-one sessions with organisations wanting to improve their governance.
0: It's actually one of, in every single reporting you know period it is always one of the top 3 in terms of what we've been asked to do you know always c- consistently every time
1: yeah it is and i think um i think more organizations are becoming aware that it's an area that they they do need to to look at um, probably improving on.
0: And, and one of the things is that you can actually have a whole lot of really experienced people and you get a new person on and it sort of changes things a little bit. And, you know, so that, that kind of reconnecting with governance training is actually a smart thing to do. It's, it's perhaps not something you just do once.
1: To- totally, and um, look, it's all about you know having some really good processes and policies in place. Uh, and um, look, every time a, a new board member maybe comes onto the board, um, you know they may have some different ideas depending on their experiences. If they've been on a, a previous board, like a school board of trustees, or, or something like that, or
0: a corporate board, they often bring uh, a whole different set of values. <laughs> they, they,
1: they do indeed. Yeah, I mean the, the principles are pretty much similar across. Yes, um, it's just how you apply it within your own context. So
0: we're going to talk about governance today. It is a hot topic across the sector. Like I say, it's, it's something we see a lot in our, own, um, in, in our own work, but also, you know, we've got the tick for governance thing that's been going on. There's work that's community governance is undertaking, you know, right across um, the nation. We're seeing this be, um, you know, something that's been spoken about and being um, pushed as essential to create or, or help support a thriving community organisation. So today we're going to talk about, um, I suppose, the real fundamentals of governance. We're going to talk about the four pillars, and I thought we'd, we'd speak a bit to each and see if we can give some examples as well. So if you're sitting on a governance board or if you're thinking about joining one, this should prepare you with some real basic understanding or knowledge about what are the things you're responsible for um, when you're in a governance role. So there are four, we, we talk about four pillars, we have four legs of a stool, perhaps?
1: <laughs> yeah, so we, we pretty much um, use um, a model by uh, Professor Chris Cornforth uh, around the four functions of, of governance. Yeah, um, with um, uh, strategic leadership being the first one, uh, stewardship, uh, like the heart of the organisation yeah. being the second, uh, stakeholder relationships... And then self maintenance, which is more the internally looking um, function.
0: Exactly. So so let's start though with the um, with the strategy side, the strategic leadership. Can you tell us what that actually means? Like, what is it to provide strategic leadership?
1: Yeah. So look, um, you know, if you go back to it, you know, well, what does governance mean? Uh, and if we look at the Latin word "gubernia," and and realistically, it stands for leadership. leadership of the organisation and as I try to explain to people it's sort of like uh, working on the business um, you know looking at the um, sort of uh, sort of at that high level um, sort of you know holding onto the rudder of the boat as such steering it in the in the right direction you can sort of maybe see the horizon behind you uh, and maybe your staff or your volunteers and the operational side the more working in the business yeah. as, as, as such so strategic leadership it's, it's all around about you know sort of what's your vision what's that long term aspiration you know that impact that you're wanting to make out there um, I, I call it sort of like my, my navigation point or my North Star as such, what I'm going to keep aspiring to. Uh, and then, you know, sort of all, then, you know, looking at your purpose of well, why do you exist? Mm. You know, w- what are you actually trying to do? Uh, and then looking at how you then break that down into more sort of like the, OK, the nuts and bolts of what it is that you're going mm. to actually do from there, you know, whether that's your priorities or your pillars or whatever you want to call them.
0: I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um but what we sometimes see happen is that strategy or that strategic leadership starts slipping into an operational space how, do, do you have any sort of tips of how you keep the roles a little bit separate and 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 perhaps what kind of ha- your goals you might set from a strategic level rather than an operational level
1: Yeah, look, the way I describe it is um, it's around uh, maybe the the board's trustees' role is to develop the the strategic plan, to develop the the direction that you wish your organisation to take, uh, and then um, it's hands-off from there and it's Mm. up to the the management, the staff, you know, or if it's some key volunteer roles, to actually basically... Figure out how it's done. Figure out how it's done (laughs) and actually hands on the wheel you know driving the vehicle yeah. to get from a to b as such
0: yeah what about for those and i'm i'm sure you've come across this before in your years of doing this kind of work but what about when you when you have some of those boards that actually seem a little bit far removed from the doing so far removed that they don't really understand what it is that the organisation does, do you do know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Look, sometimes you know you hear the the saying, maybe the the tail wagging the dog. Yes,
0: that's, um, that's what I'm talking about.
1: And, and look, sometimes that's just come about because you know the manager maybe hasn't felt that they've had that strategic direction yeah. from the board and has actually had to look at, okay, well here we are now this is where we're hopefully aspiring to get to, how are we going to get there? Yeah. And, and having to actually um, sort of work that all out themselves. And
0: sometimes I've had boards in my life as a manager, um, there have been several boards where I've had the, the board say, can you just write up a strategy and pass that through to us? What is your um, advice or thinking uh, when when a board does that or a committee does that?
1: Yeah, look, if I was in that sort of manager's role, I'd be um, pretty much saying to the board, look, uh, I'm really keen to work with you to actually develop that strategy. Nice. Uh, and, um, and maybe it's a matter of us having to sit down and go through. So why can't management write it? Like why,
0: why if, if I'm the CEO of my organisation, why can't I write that strategy for the board?
1: Well, you can, um, but um, the board ultimately are responsible for the um the whole sustainability viability of yeah. the organization uh and so they need to um you know they need to have dare i say it some skin in the game. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not just a matter of being having a bum on a seat, yeah. um, just rubber stamping anything. You yeah. know, you need to have a good understanding of what your organisation's about and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. You know, the impact you're trying to make out there, uh, and then and then supporting uh, or even guiding your 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 staff, your team uh, into um, sort of implementing. You know, the plan. Nice.
0: So that's strategic leadership. That's just because we've got a short show. Um, Move ourselves along to stewardship.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I call this like sort of the, the heart of, of the organisation, the the pumping heart, I suppose. Um, it's, it's very much around um, looking at what all the obligations are of an organisation. Um, key one is around financial obligations. Yes, uh, and
0: probably a very important note there is um, that is not just delegated to a treasurer.
1: No, or even if you have um, uh, a finance subcommittee. Yes. Um, you know, um, or even if you have, you know, Uh, an accountant who's on the board as such. It's not just left to one person or a few people every board member uh, or everyone who sits on a governance role um, is equally responsible for the financial position of that organisation. And this is where we um, recommend that if you don't feel comfortable with reading financial reports, have no idea exactly what's in them uh, and relying on on the Treasurer or Mm. someone else, um, it's a matter of like, okay, well, let's look at how we can actually maybe look at upskilling ourselves and look at some, some, some training around that space. Yeah. Um so you know you need to understand um, the financial position of an organization you know making sure that you do have an annual budget uh, and that you are um, sort of uh, i suppose scrutineering as such the yeah. the financials you know each each month or or however often you um, have your meetings
0: or, or even more if if you get to a point where there might be changes in your financial um, resilience, and so it might mean that the board needs to step in a bit more.
1: Yeah, and I suppose it depends on on um, your appetite for risk, yeah. and and also too, um, you know, if if you're sort of at risk, I suppose of um, uh, becoming solvent, if you if, you know if you yeah. don't have enough funds to to pay for your expenditure.
0: So you know, at what point though might a manager or or leader of um, sort of operational leader Uh, might feel that uh, that the board is getting too involved in the financial side. Is there such a thing if you are the ones responsible for the financial position of an organisation?
1: Yeah, look, you know, you you, you can have that. Um, you know, as a board, you know, your responsibility is to set an annual budget every yes. year. Uh, and then obviously for your manager to know that this is the budget we've got to work within. Yeah. Um, it's key to then look at having uh, a delegated authority policy. Yes. So that when it comes to looking at um, signing off contracts, you know, um, or it might be around um, purchases um, having a level that the um, manager or specific staff members can actually authorise um, payments or, or services up to a certain level uh, and generally that would be within your budget. Yeah, uh, And it would be then that if there's something that you wish to purchase or some sort of service contract that's outside of the annual budget you know then you would have to have it that they come back to the board to look for that approval outside a budget. Yeah, that
0: that certainly makes a lot of sense as well. Mm. So that's the sort of financial side of stewardship. But there are a whole lot of other regulations that the board will still be responsible for as well.
1: Yeah. So, legal obligations uh, is is a biggie. And yeah. again, every single board member or every person in the governance role is equally responsible mm. for all of the legal obligations or. Um, compliance um, yeah. requirements, I suppose. Uh, you know, if you have staff, it's it's all around being a good employer. Mm. Um, you know, are you aware of the Employment Act and, um, you know, the contracts or agreements that you have with your staff adhere to the Employment Act? Uh, it might be where if your organisation is working with young people, you know, do you have a vulnerable um, young person's policy? Yeah. Uh, health and safety, having a health and safety plan, um, having a risk register, you know, yeah. how you manage your risk. And that's not just from a health and safety perspective, it's around your financials. Yeah. Um, it's your around. Reputation. Your, yeah, I was going to say brand, integrity, yeah. reputation, all of that as as well, most yeah. definitely. Yeah,
0: you can see that that could be quite challenging at times. Um, there's also, I suppose, things like uh, filing with charity services and yep is that is that does the final buck stop with the board or is it a
1: manager's role? Ah uh, ultimately the board um mm. you know the final buck stops with them. um yes, you may have it uh, that the manager is delegated to, to actually, actually do it, do it, um, but it is still the board's responsibility to ensure it has it's been done. done. Yep, and that it is um, actually uh, has been you know filed with, you know let's just say it's incorporated so- you're an incorporated society so every year you have to file an annual return uh, yeah. through to the company's office, uh, or if you're a registered charity uh, again annual mm. return to the charity services. So, yes, it may be the manager who's delegated, but ultimately it still comes back to the board yep. to make sure it has been done.
0: And, um, you know, I've sat on a number of boards and one of them's been very, very small. When I was involved with the dog club and we didn't have any paid staff at yep. all, so everything sits on um, the committee's shoulders at that point. And we we delegated authority to individuals, so the secretary would do certain things, you know, the president would do certain things. You know, but again, like you're saying... Um, the responsibility or the onus actually sits with everybody to ensure it's done still, regardless of whether you have a paid staff member to do it or whether or not it's been carried out by um, a kind of management committee.
1: Yep, definitely. And that's where I would encourage um, you know, boards, especially where you don't have any staff um, and you, you're sort of mixing up the, the whole governance and, yes. and operations or management of an organisation, is to maybe look at having portfolios mm. so that every um, board member has a portfolio um, that they're overseeing. So um, what that does is um, it doesn't then all fall back onto one or two yes. people. Like quite often you get people who, Um, So I don't want to be the president or the chair because I'll be left with everything Everything. to do. Yeah. in a sort of an ideal state, um, the president or the chairperson actually shouldn't have any of tasks are, yes. themselves. Um, but their role is to ensure that um, all of the tasks have been allocated and, and sort of checking in with each of the yeah. board members to make sure that they're uh, on track and, and that, uh, you know, if there's any issues and things like that. They're yeah, supported for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of a bit like, you know, the conductor of the orchestra as, yeah. as well.
0: We're we're going to take a short break, listen to a little bit of Pat Benatar. You know, why not? Um, And when we come back, we're going to cover off the last two legs of the stall or functions of governance or whatever it is you'd like to call it. We won't be long. i is a battlefield. Pat Benatar um, we're not even talking about battlefields, we're talking about good governance and uh, Roseanne's here with me today. We've just covered uh, strategic leadership and stewardship and now we're on to the last two. We don't have a lot of time so we're going to run through those. The next one
1: is stakeholder relationships. And tell us what that means. Yeah, so first of all I suppose, what's a stakeholder? You know, it's someone that's uh, either affected by or can affect your organisation. Yeah. That is the uh, definition of, of a stakeholder, uh, so it's sort of look, it's you know it could be if you uh, have a membership it, it could be your members um, you know it could be um, clients you know yeah if you service have clients.
0: users or yeah that yeah. sort of
1: thing um, but but look it's it's vast you know it could be um, funders sponsors um, you know um, your, your
0: council yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah um, or a landlord if you're yes. renting a, a facility um, which could Be even council or or private landlord. Um, It could be your neighbours. Yeah. Um, Anyone that um, you think um, can affect or be affected by your organisation. And um, look, you know, if you've got um, staff, uh, they're more likely to be the ones that will engage with your stakeholders on a more regular basis. Mm. Um, but as a board in that governance role, you are still ultimately responsible for your stakeholder relationships. And it's very much around using your networks mm. to uh, tap into maybe having those engagements with some of your stakeholders, uh, potentially looking at new stakeholders, you know, mm. and that might be for more like, you know, that funding, sponsorship. side, new potential board members, you know, or or more members for your organisation as such.
0: And as you were talking through what kinds of people might be stakeholders, it, it almost felt to me like some feel like quite a natural fit for the board to take leadership of, and others seem like perhaps if you've got paid staff like the service users, they might connect more regularly to your staff but but you're saying regardless the th- th- this actually still sits with the, the board, the committee, the governance structure. Yeah,
1: they still need to have that uh, that, uh, that
0: oversight or insight. Yeah,
1: I've both, I suppose, yeah. oversight and, and insight, you know, I suppose a little bit of the helicopter view yes. as, as, as we call it, uh, most definitely, uh, and it may be that, um, you know, they work with the staff, develop um, a stakeholder analysis and, and yeah. look at who are our stakeholders, who's engaging with them, how often are we engaging with them. Um, sort of, you know, what are we, um, sort of, um, providing back in return, whatever mm. that might be? Mm. Uh, and it might be where are the gaps, you know? and potentially as you say is it that yeah. we allocate a certain amount of that to the board and and the rest of it to the the staff yeah. um, to oversee
0: tell me about safe self-maintenance because this one can sometimes be overlooked by boards but quite important
1: very important <laughs> yeah so it's very much the inwardly looking um, about you know the board themselves um, look it's around your meeting management you know how often you meet how long are your meetings um, you know, you're reporting. You know, how do you make
0: decisions? Like, do you are you consensus? Are you able to have a, a vote? Are you, you know,
1: yeah, you under, understanding? You know, your founding rules, whether yeah. it's a constitution or or a trustee. Deed. You know, about you know your whole um, decision making process. Yes, most definitely. And look, it's around you know having that unity of approach too. You know, so you may not love the decision, but you need to be able to like that decision, um, or you know,
0: support it at least. Uh,
1: yeah, that's true. Most <laughs> don't go
0: running to the manager and go I'm really sorry they did that because I think it's a terrible decision.
1: Yeah or actually blurt that out on social media Media. and uh, yeah you know then all of a sudden you get this disharmony going on and fragmented organisation which ultimately doesn't do any favours to anyone at all. No. And look I suppose around um, this is where the chair actually has a large role to play Mm. um, enabling everyone on the board around the table to have an opportunity to have a say but obviously you've got a time limit that you want to work to. Yeah. Totally uh, endorse having time limits set for each agenda item. Yeah, uh, having your agenda set out in advance, having reports sent out in advance, taking it that they've been read. Yes, so you don't have to read every single oh, word on a report in absolutely. the meeting. And look for the chairperson. You know, when you've got uh, a discussion happening, it's like okay, we've got two minutes to go. We need to come up with an action. Mm-hmm. Is it that we're going to make a have a vote on on, on something? Uh, is it that we need more information? We need someone to go away and provide us with more information so we've got better insight um, to help inform our decision making or is it that it's actually something though that needs to get parked for maybe next year or whatever it mm. might be. So it's quite a critical um, component for the chairperson yeah, to, I can to, see. to do that.
0: What about the succession planning side of that? Yes,
1: yeah, so I suppose it depends on, again, having a great understanding of um, uh, the the terms for each board member uh, yeah. as in the length of term um you know and is there a rotation process is it that there's two lots of three years mm. um whatever it was that i'm i only got three years and that's it i've gone
0: yeah
1: um it's um being aware of that um and and not leaving it to the last moment yeah sort of start thinking about you know who could be potential new board members uh, and as also, you know, from a chairperson's role, you know, if they are looking to move off, um, is there someone else on the board that we're going to potentially look at coming into the chair role? Maybe take that last 12 months for yeah. um, your chairperson to sort of buddy up with that person.
0: Actually, that's perfect because that leads us to induction, which is quite a critical part as well of, of, of self-management.
1: A huge part and um, getting your induction process right actually you know saves a lot of angst down the track yeah. um it's around providing um, you know your constitutionally trustee your strategic plan if you have one providing as much information policies yeah, your culture to, and decision making <laughs> totally you know what are our values and, and our principles of our organization providing all that information up front to your new board or committee members sitting down with them going through it maybe creating a buddy situation again
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: new board member with an older board member because quite often they might not think they've got the confidence to ask a question in the board meeting but maybe over a cup of coffee they will so totally crucial to have a really great robust induction process in place
0: you know, there are some um, nice, simple um, uh, templates we've got around some of the stuff as well, if people are interested. And, of course, we have an advisor team who can do a lot of work one-on-one um, with entities. Um, but also we have some really good workshops on this stuff as well, eh?
1: Yeah, we do. And uh, also, too, we have a really good... Um um, meeting management resource tool on our website. You can yes. just go into our um, resources DIY resources, and there's a good, good um, yeah templates um, there for you to use.
0: Yeah, good, very good point. So just jump on to communitywaikato.org.nz, check out resources, and um, you'll find pretty much everything you'll need there. And that is us for this week. You've been listening to Connect Community Waikato, 3 FM
2: eighty nine point zero.